Good morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines of the stories that make the Elm City tick. Nothing ticks more than Pundit Friday, the best way to close out this wild week in New Haven. We're about to begin that here in the WNHH studio with the number one pundits in the media universe. Pundits like the dairy-free goddess of our grassroots radio operation, inner city news editor and Love Babs Love Talk hostess, Babs Rawls-Ivy. What's happening? I heard Friday Marathon. We got the flyest news hunter-gatherer this side of Fleet Street. She's in every neighborhood at once. We're still trying to figure out how that happens. That, that's why I'm looking Haven. toe down today. Star of New Haven Black independent Girl reporter, Marquisha Ricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy Friday, people. The queen of quippery and quintessence of compassion, La Vosa Spana, publisher and second chances Slater, Norma Rodriguez-Reyes. <laughs> Hola, ¿qué pasa? We've got NWNHA station manager, Heavy D, Donald Trump devotee, and the the uh, guy who has a fan club, yeah. I learned this week, of Harry listeners of WNHH, uh, WNHH station manager, Harry Dross. Some guy came in here was in awe for some of the show. I, I I couldn't get Harry to pose with him, but I don't know if the guy's going to like, start. I'm not doing that. I, I think the guy might be starting a line of t-shirts. <laughs> we also have the bright light in the New Haven night, the straight shooter from Bermuda, the <laughs> mystical and metaphorical man on the money, the tackler of tempestuousness, and yeah. titan of temperance, the banisher of bilious bullies, the prince of pleasantries and punctuality, the sorcerer of scientific solution, the blessed beatbox, there are banksters and bacchanalians, show ugly. Thank you, of sir. The Joe yeah, Ugly Show <laughs> in Joe. the morning. I want in that morning. in Spanish. I'm not kidding. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I want to be able to do He's that. Raise the bar. <laughs> raise the bar. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming to class on time. Your quiz is about to begin. It has one question. <laughs> Wait a minute. Quiz. We've been demoted from professor to student. What happened? <laughs> it's for professors. This for we're your, professor last week. You are professors. <laughs> this for continuing education. <laughs> okay. It's a one question pop quiz. Uh-oh. Okay. Identif- no, I don't agree with Kanye. <laughs> Identify the speaker mm-hmm. and discuss why it matters. Mm. Quote. He doesn't own a plane, you asshole. Bill Cosby. Why does it matter? Uh, Oh, Bill Cosby in court. That's why he's Professor Uh, Ugly. You notice the beard. I heard he was Bill Cosby because I didn't get that. (laughs) I was like, who? You know, I was about to say somebody in our comment section. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) in our comment section. Because they took his passport because they they won't let him because he's a flight risk. As he should not. Isn't he on his way to jail? What's going on? Well, he should be. He should be. You know what's really interesting about this whole Bill Cosby thing? And I was talking about it this morning on my show. Is that you know, I remember way back, back in '04, my notes. I went back to my notes uh, last evening. I was digging them up, and Bill Cosby was reeling against the black community. Oh right. yeah, about piling on your, your dirty pants. laundry. He, Did they call it? Was it the that. cake thing? He, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And, laundry um, language. He said, that. "You put your, uh, you know, your." It's time to put the the uh, your dirty laundry on Front Street, and your dirty laundry mm-hmm. is your kids coming in. The, no, your dirty laundry get off the bu- the school bus at two thirty in the afternoon and walk up and down the streets. Oh, it was real bad, and I went after him, and I've been after him ever since. And I remember people were giving me mad pushback. People still giving pushback. Oh, they, oh yeah, people were like, I said, you know, there's something to be said here. It's a lot of pushback because I I went and read some comments, which I don't like to read comments anymore. I don't blame you. Oh my God! I'm saying just... that off the record because I do edit and publish. <laughs> <laughs> Babs, no. can, I, can I tell you why I thought this was such a meaningful comment? And I thought that quote was deep, and it didn't really have to do with Bill Cosby. It had to do with what we're wrestling with in this Me Too moment. So yesterday, Bill Cosby sort of was—I I would argue—the biggest casualty now of Me Too. He's the original of all the women who came forward. He had this whole history of drugging women and having sex with them. It was always poignant because he was the avatar, as you guys are pointing out, in popular culture of the responsible um, dad and community figure who lectured people and have good morals and all that. And that makes a neat story. What's interesting to me was that the moment he was pronounced guilty, this was the moment where after he spent probably millions of dollars fighting it, getting away his entire life at 80 years old through his money and his power mm-hmm. to get away with taking advantage of women. Like this woman who, who was... Um, whom he had raped, who in this case, he had paid her $3 million and more dollars to shut up a while back. So this was the moment when the system said he was no longer in control. He was no longer getting away with it. He could no longer use his influence and power and money 
to ha- go by different rules and how to deal with people. And at that moment, he spoke in a way we've never heard him speak in public in his entire life unless he was doing comedy kids by other people, any human being. When these men finally, when that moment finally comes, it blurted out of him. So the moment he was pronounced guilty, the prosecutor says, we shouldn't let him go out on bond because he's a flight risk. He owns a plane. His visceral comment was, he doesn't own a plane, you asshole. And that for me, on a number of levels, that was an interesting comment. A, he used the third person. Mm-hmm. So he's still kind of stepping back, and he has just watched his lifetime of power and able to operate evaporate. And in that moment, he still stepped outside looking at himself from a distance. It's still not interesting. Secondly, he's talking in a way he would never let himself talk because he now has lost control. He's always had control. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think of Bill Cosby, everyone has a different experience. For me, it was the stand-up routines and how brilliant they were. Mm -hmm. And, and, And he was in control of the language and his persona. When he lost control with the way using asshole in open court, mm-hmm. right? With the judge, the judge told him to stop it. I just thought that was a heavy comment about what happens when challenges to the power of any sort and abuse succeed. Bill Cosby's been a great actor for a long time. And he showed yesterday, not only with that situation, when he walked out of court, when he walked in, he was practically needed a, a wheelbarrow to get Feeble, him out. To, right? Exactly. I saw, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. When he went shape. out. But when he went out, the cane was in the air. Oh, my. Waving the cane <laughs> in the air. He was defiant. And was practically running like he clipped like a soul train line in uh, on the Cosby show. So yeah, that definitely so makes your statement that game, his acting is like profound. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. His acting game was next level all the way through this. Wow. All the way through his lifestyle. And also he focusing on a plane role. too because when people are rich, mm-hmm. what they own is a big part of their identity absolutely. and what you own that allows you to flee. Right. And so Bill Cosby at, at this moment his whole life and career have tumbled down. What does he focus on? Not you're guilty of drugging and raping right. women, not of being a hypocrite in your life and misusing your public position. You're being told you have a plane, and I don't have a plane. And I just thought that was kind of visceral, too. Well, all through the trial, I as I was quote. hearing, uh, you know, different, from different reports in the trial, he was laughing sometimes when people were testifying, when some of these women were testifying. Because he was sure he'd he still get li- away with exactly, it because he always because has. Because the first one went with a mistrial. So yeah. he thought for sure... This one is going nowhere. And he's so going to destroy those... this woman. Right. So what did, what did Marquisha Norman and Babs, what were your reactions to the verdict? Wow. I, I, listen, I feel like, I'm like, ready to it, move it, on to exactly, R. Kelly. Exactly, because I saw <laughs> right. some comments on R. Kelly where people are still like, because um, Tom Joyner, who's going to be the uh, marshal for the Freddie Fix Parade, has said he's not going to play any more R. Kelly But well, he not said that before. Uh, well, and he, did it for 30 days. Said it again. <laughs> but I noticed how Thanks, people... Thanks, you're the best since I got the best morning show here in New Haven. Hey, okay, sorry. <laughs> but I'm just saying, have you have you made any statements about... Do you, you don't play any R&B <laughs> anyway? Go, do you play any R&B? No, I don't. You just let me get I stuck all the way into that. I do play R&B. Do you? Yeah. You know R&B how to get up that early. Oh, yeah. When R- but when R. Kelly, I, said, still didn't I said all that to say that there are people still like, what does that do? Like, or like, I still love his music or that, you know, he's got good jams. You're like, really? Well, like Bob this is a Dylan. man who had people locked in his house. <laughs> That's true. Like he was running a whole ring. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. Ew. So, so like, you know, yeah, I'm like, I'm with Babs. Like, so you guys let, thought of next, R. Kelly. Next. Ted, yeah. Ted Littleford, who's our wonderful I cartoonist in the, the Independent. The he has somebody else in mind. Sure does. He did a cartoon right after a, the verdict. It's 45. in the Independent. Oh. He watched, has... Donald Trump watching the news on Fox News, watching Cosby (laughs) getting found guilty, and his reaction was, me too. It's great. I got to be worried about my people's first, and I need to get my people's put away. R. Kelly next. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm wondering when are we going to get on to the next bill, Bill Clinton. (laughs) Didn't they get Bill out? Like, he didn't go to prison, but they they, they got him. Let's see, who's the president now, guys? Like, he had his day who, in the sun. Who's, who's the most powerful person in the world right now? Is it Donald Trump or Bill Clinton? I forget. I'm sorry. Who, y'all, the, the question is, this whole Clinton, the, we're still having a Clinton election over I, here. I don't, I, yeah. I, what, what do you want to happen to Bill Clinton? I don't, I don't know. He's not president. But did he rape uh, someone, yeah. Carrie? Well, did yeah, he, he rape was someone? A, he, he was accused of rape, but... I didn't hear We're that. Not gonna, I, I, I never heard that. I never heard that. I'm going to look it up for our show next. Okay, Joe? Right. No, I know he had he had uh, 
what they call Consensual. Wait a second. When you're the when you're the governor of a state and you have your own state trooper, bring a woman in who works for you as an employer, so you can have sex with her in a motel room. That's not consensual sex. Okay, but what what what, what <laughs> is somebody what bringing? I'm just some saying. Charges? I think Cosby is a lot like is is a lot like. Uh, and Bill I mean, and like who's, but here's the thing. To your point, it will take his victims mm-hmm. to go after him. They did. They again, did. if there are more victims, again, liberal media. Li- li- liberal media tries nothing. Liberal really? media decides nothing about what goes to court. Right. The judicial system decides that, Harry, and you know that. So, if there are more victims, if there, and I'm willing, and it is there true, there was a special prosecutor. I, I'm not Unlike one of these now, people to say that there yeah. might not be more victims. And there was a special but prosecutor. They have to feel forward and come. Well, yeah. he's got to get in line. Because the next one up is R. Kelly. That's the one that I want Like how to that see. man is free, I don't understand. I don't understand that either. And maybe it's because mm. people don't see him as powerful. They don't see him as a Bill Cosby type where he has, he has, he in our community has influence, but to, to people outside our community. Because yeah. at the end of the day, Bill, Bill Cosby hurt mostly white women. Yeah. So well, if R. Kelly R. steps Kelly's, over the line and hurts a white girl, then exactly. R. Kelly's victims are right. black girls. Was that sixteen-year-old girl whose parents got involved? Was she white or black? Remember the one who Kelly had started black, living with her? With she was white. Girl. She's black. She's black girl. All, all, of, them black girl. Black. The, all of the women all of who were trapped in his house, yeah. his closet. All, all, right. <laughs> so you think that's why R. Kelly gets away with it and Cosby yes. doesn't? Of course. Oh of course. yeah. Absolutely. So, by the way, I think um, we shouldn't dismiss what Harry's saying because I do think there's, even though I think he's wrong about one aspect, there was a special prosecutor, highest power of the land, looking into all of Clinton's sexcapades with the Republican Party out to get him. So it's not like, unlike with this president, there was a president blocking that from happening. But I think what happened, the reason I think the Bill Clinton escapades are relevant is it's brought up all these um, feminist groups and just liberals like myself and others who really did excuse what happened with Clinton in his day. And say that um, because he was for all sorts of feminist things and that he was a really, someone who advanced the feminist agenda, people really gave him a pass and they revisited that. A lot of prominent women, Gloria Steinem on down, and, and women in Congress are saying, we were wrong. Well, and we they should, wrong. that's exactly well, what they that should. Well, we there hypocrites. are people who are saying the same. Like, I think um, I saw a piece from, I think it was a letter from Marsha Warfield, the comedian, yeah, who wrote about how, you know, she was she she saw like she was starstruck like she was managed by the same pr firm as bill Cosby, and so she was really starstruck by him being having this you know this persona of being this amazing comedian who's done all these amazing things and she said one of her representatives they weren't represented by the exact same people in the firm but they were in the same firm um and she was told that bill cosby wanted to take a meeting with her nothing formal Mm. just but the the person said to her a don't don't drink anything. But they didn't. They said it tongue in cheek, kind yeah, of, which is it was an ongoing problem in the entire like industry. Everybody knew this is the everybody thing that hurt knew. so much that everybody knew and whispered. If you take a meeting with him, don't drink anything. Wow. But for me, so to your point, they it's said, the same thing. thing. It's about Harvey Weinstein. They said the same thing about Harvey Weinstein. But, People would get and warned and everything. Nobody did anything about it. Don't yeah. go. Don't don't take a meeting in ho- in his hotel room. Yeah. Exactly. You don't know? go with him anywhere. And so, again, it, in even maybe on a little Bill Clinton esque type of thing, like I'm sure there are like there are people enabling people, right. whether it's because of their proximity to power that they want to be close to that power and continue to reap the benefits of being close to that yeah. power. Yeah. And so they look the other way. There are people mad at Oprah because they're like, did you know Harvey Weinstein was like, I don't know, like, but there are, are things. In circles where people are enabling yeah. people who are bad actors. And yeah. think about, I, I, like, I think Harry's point is about how those of us who are against this kind of thing in a very conscious way, and I'm not saying you personally, I'm thinking more people like me, really are hypocritical about it because in this last election, Hillary Clinton ran for president and the Trump tape came up and that was really important. Hillary Clinton led an effort to destroy a woman who had the nerve to come forward against the president of the United States. She led, an, she led the effort to destroy the reputations of all the women I mean, who came forward against men, Bill Clinton. Do you know how women. deep that well, is? Hold on, time out, though. Do you know how deep time that out, is? Though. See, time I'm out, though. Not, I'm not I, my distinction this. is this, though. Like, she didn't come against a woman 
who came after the president of the United States. She came against a woman who came for her husband. But it was all about politics. Still. It was all about politics. That's her husband. But she's still married to this man. So you're going to destroy women who your husband about things? This happens all the time, Paul. Paul Jones. This is why women are brawling in the street right now. Listen. When Cicely Tyson was married to Miles Davis, do you know she went? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it happened. I want to hear the Cicely Tyson. When Cicely Tyson was married to Miles Davis, she went cut a girl. That's true. For Miles Davis. How do you feel that, about that? I don't, I don't It's terrible. Nobody's supportive of it. But we're, what we're saying is it's a human, it's a human response. That, to go after the die. jugular. That might not be your human response. Sexual predation is also a human response. There are human responses that aren't okay. I'm still trying to figure out how Camille Cosby is still married. To, but here she Operation is. Operation Ride or Die. Exa- exactly. And Ride or Die has got many a woman caught up <laughs> so i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying it happened i'm dying you to know, know what norma I still thinks think, i i i think norma, get close to the mic? this whole issue is generational because if you really look yeah, she be at, bringing us the generational content <laughs> i love it <laughs> if you really look at the men that are being accused they're your older men mm. they're not really young you, the the generation that was taught, except all the men in Silicon. No. Oh, wait, wait, no, the Silicon Valley men yeah. are all predators. <coughs> they got those companies the in their twenties. The other They're thing, the, the women, you know what? I was just thinking like you of said, that. it's also racial because you have the when it's done to Latinas or African Americans, it gets thrown to the side. Part of the culture. But <laughs> when it's done to the mainstream, now things are different. Plus, during that time, there wasn't a Me Too movement. That's true. So that's what helped yes. all these women come forward. That's the difference between with the, Me Too the first trial and the second. The Me Too movement yep. made a big Wasn't difference. <laughs> so uh, plus the judge also let the five witnesses uh, in on this case that they did not allow on the first case. And that's one that's one of the grounds yeah. that they're going to try to appeal to his yeah. conviction on. But even if they get even if they return the conviction, if they overturn the conviction, it's always going to be in the back of every everyone's mind. You've been convicted, bro. <laughs> but you know, so a lot of times justice is blind. Mm-hmm. Because don't you find it very interesting how sometimes the first trial mm-hmm. of a whole bunch of people that we can always mention, they're free, they're okay. But then if that person persists and persists, if the outside forces persist and persist in the second trial, then all of a sudden, you know, they're convicted. Oh, you mean in most second There's trials? Been, no, like for instance, Susan Bicewitz. Yes. Running for governor. Running for governor. The first time Again, my- she went before the court, appealed her case for her qualifications to run for attorney general, the first court said she qualifies. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They took the, they took it to a different court, and all it. of a sudden they stated, no, she does not qualify right. to run for attorney general. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, the first case. Criminal case he lost civil... Mm-hmm. I mean, one, right. he's civil court case he loses he the criminal case. He and lost then the civil court. Wins the civil? No, he, no, lost, he lost the civil one the criminal. criminal. Right. Which so, I, I think Cosby will lose a civil. It's all of how much money you mm-hmm. have to continue fighting the system. Oh, absolutely. Because okay. some of the... the well, uh, I mean, you know, if I get caught up like that, I want a good-ass attorney, too. I'm not going to... You know what O.J. No, problem it's really is? having the money to pay a good-ass attorney. Yeah. O.J.'s problem is... It's not the system... It's his mouth. He didn't. He didn't get the Robert Blake effect. Robert Blake did kill his wife, and you don't hear nothing. You don't hear nothing about like, Robert Oh, Blake. I'm gonna be quiet now. <laughs> yes. How about Chappaquiddick? Bl- it happened, and they shut up. I'm not saying it's good, by the way. Don't send it. But I'm not saying <laughs> we're not. We're not shutting up. We're doing Pundit Friday on <laughs> WNHHFM, your home for community radio, one hundred three point five FM live, Team New Haven Independent The best media media experts in the New Haven universe, the pundits of all time, are talking about this week's headlines. On WNHH. Yes, sir. <laughs> Gave it a little quiet storm right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, while we're all worked up about Cosby, people who live on the East Shore and people in the business community in oh. New Haven, the City Hall, are worked up about, da-da-da-da, for the 80th time in 80 I years, guess. Tweed, New Haven, That is airport. a civil war. And it was interesting, it's like, you know, this comes up every few years I'm for different reasons. i that war. <laughs> we're talking now about some ground that's dirt. They mm-hmm. want to p- uh, pave it 100, squ- 100 yards. I mean, 100 feet. 100 yards. 100 feet. Is it feet? 1,000? Yeah. I'm sorry, 1,000 feet. Okay. <laughs> like 100? 50, there's a fixed 1,600 
foot to 66 to a 600 foot runway. They want to expand go, right. it to Newhaven Airport to make it the same size this as Westchester. Just do it overnight where everybody's sleeping. Right, right. <laughs> and they're saying that as a result, we would get air service not just to Philly, but to DC, maybe Florida, maybe Chicago, maybe. I've learned not to trust those promises they always give because it doesn't turn and out. So has the neighborhood. But apparently. but if. <laughs> If they can pay the airport, they get there. And usually we talk about this over a period of years. But now we got this crunch time. Because the state legislature is about to vote on a bill, something tucked into a bill, that would undo a deal that allowed the, the last expansion to happen. The last bill said now it won't be expanded anymore. Now they want to change that so we can expand the runway a little more, get these other jets in. And the vote's coming up in a month. So they want to get the Board of Alders in that meantime to vote on a non-binding resolution so they could stand up on the floor of the General Assembly and say, look, New Haven's for it. Now, people on the East Shore, I don't believe they're all against the airport. I think some people live in the East Shore really love to be able to walk to the airport. I've been told that I would like that too. And a lot of people feel it's good for the city, but the very vocal people who are not a small group feel like they're being lied to. They uh, they they had an agreement 10 years ago, well, 2009, where the then mayors of East Haven and New Haven signed it and the state approved it that said, we'll expand it, but never, ever anymore. Always knowing they were going to be coming back when the time came again. <laughs> Someone involved that told me that. I said, why don't you do that? If yeah, that's what you guys that's because I knew we'd be able too. to come some other time. So now they were saying, why are you coming back at another time? And other people saying, because you're selfish NIMBYs who don't care about the good of the city. And then they come back and say, well, you're, you know, business boosters are saying stuff that might not even be true, that we need this for our economy. It's interesting statewide. Like the <coughs> Post, Kega Post has a very influential columnist, Dan Haar, who did a smoke and peace given the business argument that we can't afford not to in Connecticut now have this lower con Connecticut airport that can really let businesses get people in and out of the airport and grow here. They're claiming that that's why companies haven't come or have left because it's just too much of a slip to go to Bradley. Maybe true, maybe not. So, Markeisha, you were there at City Hall when it went on all night. When people really were passionate on both sides with strong arguments, they really believe it in their core, either that it's so important to the death that we get this uh, agreement at the state next month to be able to expand our airport runway, or that it's so important to preserve that neighborhood and not be rolled, bulldozed by politicians. What was your takeaway? Oh my gosh, I I, I could see so I, so I I felt like people did everybody on all the sides did a really good job of like laying out their points. So you could see their points. You could see that you know on the one hand, people felt like they'd been like they'd made a deal. They cut a deal and said it, <laughs> this air this this runway is not going to be expanded. I'm cool with that. I'm not cool with it. I actually didn't want to expand it to where it's expanded now, but we we allowed that to happen. And now we're not we're not going to give another inch because you promised. There were all these promises made around attracting new business to to um, Tweed, and it hasn't happened. That's it hasn't true. Materialized. That's true. On the other hand, we had Chicago service years ago. It didn't last exactly. And so the other thing that I heard that I thought was really interesting was that you had. Um, a few like you had young startups like people who are in startups you had um david salinas from the district um who's also the founder of co-founder of digital surgeons like you had those guys saying you know th this would make our business easier you had one guy from the corsair which i thought made an interesting point that was a little interesting but weird which was that you know they built that 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 apartment complex mm -hmm. and he said but he's like basically now the climate is that like it's hard to, because it's so hard to get in and out of New Haven. He's not building any more projects in here right now. And he's building in Boston and Manhattan. But at the same time, when I you wanted to, to believe that guy, it, I was like, but when you wanted to build a Corsair, <laughs> it wasn't a problem. And he's so right off I-91 exit like two inches. He's right a block away from the district that's being built. Yeah, I don't buy that guy's I argument. Like, <laughs> but, I never know who to believe in all this. But here's the other thing, too. Just talking to the neighbors generally, you know, I just I kind of threw out this question. I was like, is there like because a lot of the things is like, oh, this is the first time we're hearing because they outlined uh, the city outlined a public benefits package of things of improvements they would want to do around the airport that would benefit that they say would benefit the neighborhood. Um, the neighbors are like, well, this is the first time we're hearing this, you know, like we don't we don't know what this is. And on its <laughs> face, it looks like window dressing. It doesn't look like anything that'll address the traffic that's already a problem in the neighborhood. And um those By the way, the traffic concerns. thing's a little bogus because it's it would add five hundred <laughs> so, uh, car five hundred cars a day. There are already thousands going up on those streets. That's that's bogus. and so I think on on certain <laughs> sides. So here's the other like thing. it's not going to be another like you you might notice one other car every few minutes. I mean, come <laughs> here's on. the thing. I think there's a bit of exaggeration. What <laughs> I took sides. away on all sides all is a bit sides. of exaggeration, and the argument against the argument that nobody came after the last extension of the runways is if. Other than the environmental argument, which is that there, there's people have concerns over whether more impervious surface would be a problem. 
But if you extend it and they don't come, what did you lose? You yeah, didn't get any more traffic. Right, if you're you so didn't right. get any more planes. Yeah. You can, it's just as noisy as it was before. It's, See, nothing I don't changed. Know if this particular but if they point, do come, is that not good for the city? So I don't sorry. know if this particular point Good point, Marky. See, that was interesting. Um, if you look at the demographics of East Shore, mm-hmm. it has changed in 20 years. Mm-hmm. First of all, whites are not really moving in there. It's all Latinos. Mm-hmm. Eric Johnson lives over there. And what is good for the goose is good for the gander. In the Hill neighborhood, they took a lot of homes by eminent domain, okay, to build Central, I mean, Career High School and John C. Daniels. They took these homes from individuals and paid them less than what they even owed. Mm. So... um, that being said, why don't we look also at who are the individuals that are really coming out? And who is against, coming out? So spell it out. Against. I really believe the majority of them that are coming out are those that have lived there for the White longest people, time. White people, you're saying. White yeah. people. That have lived there for the longest time. And, um, well, I will say that there were some people who testified that, you know, they moved after the last agreement. So they, they knew there was an airport there. They'd done their due diligence, but they felt like because... There was this, I mean, and literally it's, it's a state law that says that the, the runway won't be like lengthened, yeah. right? It's, it's specifically a law that says that it's not tucked into anything. It's not like back ended on airports in general in the state. Like it's a law specifically about tweed, but the undoing of that law is kind of being done in a, a very, by being slipping it into. So nobody's like. Everybody's like, that's happening, and that's not cool. It's like, not even the name of the bill. It's cool. a solar exactly. energy bill. It's a, and but that's then the other, other people thing. There are people Marquisa, mad about that. Like, you know, and, and I think Norm is correct, by the way. You are hearing mostly from people who've been there a long time. You're not hearing from newer people. A lot of people really like the... I would like to be able to walk to my <laughs> to my airport. You know, I hate going to Bradley. Yeah. But in case, I, would, I would definitely want to be able to get there closer. but somebody want to walk to from, it, but I like to Uber over. But somebody mm-hmm. from Fairhaven who testified was like, it's it's not even that easy to get to the airport, even if you live anywhere else in the but city. But compared like, to Bradley, come well, on. Well, compared to Bradley, yes. But like, why is there no straight shot to the airport? That's because we have a terrible bus service. No, no, but, that's exa- but again, oh, like, yeah. there are other... Community benefits that need to happen, right? Like if, but there have been now. They have spent a lot of money um, soundproofing those people's homes. But what a lot of people say is like, "Well, I'm like you, but nobody has exercised their right to move to have their house purchased and leave." And now I'm I'm agnostic Mm -hmm. in that I do. I'm with Marquise. I think people kind of both overstate, even though they're very sincere about their arguments. I don't think it's about the end of Western civilization or even Eastern whatever (laughs) happens. But a lot of people kind of feel like you did move next to an airport as, as Norma points out as people in there a long time when there used to be a lot more planes I mean it's, it's kind of hard to be sympathetic to them and I think one I'll just add one more point and I'll let you go but also um, the business community it's hard to be sympathetic to them too and I, I don't know if it's in. worth it or important but like the conversation around how technology has changed airplanes mm-hmm. right so you have airplane people saying that at least in our comment section someone seems to be making a really good argument that the technology of airplanes has changed they're quieter they're they're not even as noisy as they were a few years ago like that that changes and also even and one more thing about paving the safety area there are people who would testify that say like paving it actually makes the takeoff safer so in it in, in fact even is still a more safe area mm-hmm. to have it paved okay i'm done <laughs> you just highlighted what i was going to say it's, it's just going to be an extension for safety reasons it's not like you've taken that last uh how many feet they want on uh they want to add on it's not like the plane is going to go all the way on up to the end of that and then take off. That's just in case. They <laughs> but it does mean more drop. planes. This is about bringing more, more commercial planes. jets. But it, more commercial <coughs> jets are coming in, and but it's still. So what is the real argument then of it? Just noise? Well, what is the real argument noise. against it? There's noise, noise. and traffic. Traffic. Is oh, the traffic is really traffic, traffic is really no, bogus. But why is, bogus. why is traffic, traffic bogus. such a big thing when you could go all the way down? What's that Woodward? All the way down to the firehouse and whip left. People just chose. No, we're talking about this residential streets to go to the airport yeah. off of Townsend. Um, People choose Hale, to go through Burr. those, but if they make those no go, no, you uh, can't get no to the airport track. without going through a residential street. You can't go on Woodward. You to the can airport. go straight down Woodward to the firehouse, turn left, and whip right back around to the airport. You're still going through residential streets. There are like seven, eight blocks of residential streets. Not if you go Townsend. back around, you're riding right along. The you need side a magic way. carpet to go over the Magic streets. carpet. Okay, <laughs> we should build so a magic mean, carpet. Mean, what That's what it. Woodward Avenue isn't near the airport. 
Which one is the one that so we're goes talking about right Tweed New Haven Airport? When Amazon starts to put out those jetpacks that Avenue. allow you to lift Tom, from Thompson your house. Avenue. It's seven blocks from Townsend <laughs> Avenue, no, the no. airport. Townsend Avenue is the one that goes all the way down the lighthouse. Okay, that goes all the way down to the firehouse. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. If you turn left by that firehouse, you go right back around to it. it takes you right to the, the yeah, to the. But those are residential streets. That's a, what two houses? Yeah, maybe about ten. Yeah. I don't even think it's that And most many. people don't do that because you're coming sooner. There's no point you take the left at the light a few blocks up. No, people try to take, yeah. the, they, they turn left before they get all the way down in the corner. Look, Joe, but and the East Shore, the if you're upset, and those aren't even narrow streets. If they're upset, they have to see another car or two every few minutes. My heart's not bleeding. Right. Look, you know, you raise <laughs> Their heart's bleeding. You, you raise a man. Does it ever bleed, Paul? A little bit. He's a bleeding heart, bro. You raised the point when you said that, you know, these people, they, you move there and you realize it was a, it was a airport. Just like when people move right next to a highway and they realize it's a highway right there. And then all of a sudden they start to scream and cry. Oh, you know, I get, it's a highway. It's a lot of noise. And now you want to, you want to uglify the whole highway by putting up some barriers. Well, we That's uglify the news with Joe Ugly every Friday on Pundit Friday, along Listen. with some of the other best pundits in the universe. And That's what you listen to. Pundit Friday, WNHS FM, 103.5 and live streamed at newhavenpen.org. Hey, the news just came in. Um, the the you know, I'm about to say, let me say this really quick. Uh, there is a shuttle. Like, there's a downtown shuttle that goes to the airports. I don't want that. There is a shuttle, but because I want, I want Doug House Layton to be like, girl, don't forget about that green shuttle. Okay. All right. <laughs> there is Thank a you shuttle, for that point. It doesn't go everywhere. And there is a smaller downtown. field as of a minute ago in the race for governor. Yes, Harrison dropped out. Harris, yep. I don't even know who So Jonathan Harris was one of the few people <laughs> running for governor. Guy? <laughs> I, I've interviewed about Didn't fifteen. I've interviewed about Babs. I've interviewed about fifteen yeah, of the candidates in depth. Jonathan <laughs> Harris oh, okay. is one of the few who actually knew what he would be doing if he was governor. Really? Yeah, he was Why really he sharp out? because he had no oh, traction. Oh, we got to get him back in the room. He had no traction. He was like definitely one of the most capable, qualified people for was governor. Was that like the guy oh, who God. ran against Rosa Delora? No, uh, Brian, no, 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 it's Brian Anderson. So anyway, so as of this hour, Jonathan Harris is formally ending his campaign for. Governor, Democratic nomination. I don't know. He's probably making a deal to try well, to get a position in the administration. Maybe he could be a lieutenant governor. He's back in they, Ned they, they Lamont. They can't have another white guy oh. in the suburbs. Yeah, he's back in Ned Lamont, which means that on both sides, they're trying to make sure that we can choose only among people who really have no business running for governor. Yeah. And uh, so Ned Lamont, is cl- they're really so clear in the field. Republican governor. Ned, I don't know. We'll see. Because they, really, they have a good Republican? record of, of, of... No, he's a Democrat, but like, Demo- get beat? The Republicans also have this record of nominating people you can't believe they're running when they should be winning elections easily. The last two governor elections, unbelievable, they lost. But in any case, we don't know who's going to be the governor. But we do now know that it's looking like Ned Lamont, out of the field, is is uh, emerging as. We do. Um, we need a black horse. Come yes. on. So this hour, Jonathan Harris is endorsing Ned Lamont. I watched them all in um, New Haven last week. They had a governor's debate, which was a really good debate. Mm, sure. Had really good issues, and like, there's nothing wrong with Ned Lamont, but like, he's <laughs> always just bought his campaigns, and he and it's not like he inspires people a lot of well, ideas you know, or new thinking. There's a long history of buying campaigns, Paul. But it didn't inspire people. <laughs> but you don't win that way. Linda McMahon tried to buy two campaigns. Lost the, yeah, but lost she wasn't likable. Richard Folo. <laughs> Richard like, but nobody likes him. Tom Foley tried to buy a campaign nobody against... Nobody liked him either. He was like, I have a plane. People I'm telling like, you, the Kennedy show up with a bucket but of money. But might be, might be, he might be likable in the way that... Um, yeah, you know, like you want to go to sleep. He's got that every man kind of vibe. Like no, he doesn't, he doesn't every come man, off. Every no, man? He's no. the descendant of one of the ba- robber baron families of America, I'm the t- Lamonts. Listen, the but if you know how to finesse is, that. The perception the, the is. Kennedy's did that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Wall Street. He, he doesn't come across as Richie Richie. Rich. Well, that's because his policies are genuinely progressive. So he, he definitely is. He's for, he is for a higher minimum wage. He is for pay equity. He is for um, raising taxes on the wealthy somewhat, although he's not—he's never been a big fan of the estate tax because he comes and from. And he was Greenwich. the only person at the debate debate who was dressed in a suit, right? I don't. Remember. I feel like that picture. And you know, it is true to give one, like, some props. Down, he went to too. the AFL-CIO straw poll and he killed everybody else because they. And I talked to people about this. Some of the union people, they said he really did have some fire in the belly. In a waspy kind of restrained way, but you know, he did at the, when at the he country ran club. for U.S. Senate as well. I mean, he fought because he had the fight. Iraq War. But when he yeah. ran for governor in 2010, he did not. Well, maybe he does now. I don't know. I, I think New Haven left. was clearly a coalescing around him. I was noticing that, and it oh, wasn't with enth- it was not with enthusiasm. A, him and his wife came to a Delta Jazz night. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And they were they were pretty cool people. I had a good. Whatever happened to Ganem? Is he done? No, Ganem is going to have a primary. Second, 
Ganem has been raising the money the way he did the first time he went to jail with you know hitting up the contractors and the employees. I don't like to point that out there. Why? That's the most because that's the most important thing going on in politics right now. That's why I pointed out. But you highlight the fact that he's been to jail. The man served his time. And then he came back. He's doing the same thing he did last time, (laughs) which is hit up government employees and contractors to try to build his career so he can get to the state house. That's what got him to jail the first time. Is that true? Yes, that is. Is that all fact? That's right. They won't let him run clean. To his credit, he wanted to run public financing in the court in one of the most bizarre arguments I've ever heard. Well, he'll go back to jail. I don't think he's going to go back to jail. I just think he's not. It's going to be a primary against Lamont and Ganim, I think. And the AFL, the labor. Where does Bicewitz come in? Bicewitz is not catching any kind of. That's the thing. Bicewitz started out so strong and nobody's taken to it. Ganim is going to shock the state. I'm telling you. Ganim? He's going to shock Tastes the like state. That's your dark horse. He yeah. is going to shock the <laughs> He states that the common because people love him. It's the politicians and Lamont has no that problem he likes. People's candidates. The Here's the thing, though. In a primary... Relate, the thing that people don't realize about Ganem is that with this mass incarceration that we've been going through for the last 30 years, everyone either knows someone, related to someone, or, you know, or, or, or probably have been in, in prison. And for reasons okay? I can't so, understand... And Lamont, they will connect. But, Joe, for reasons I can't understand, you're right about that. For reasons I can't understand, Lamont is the only other candidate who's been getting traction with black voters. Because I can't figure that well, one out. Well, because he did his work back in the day. He spent a lot of time in the black community when he ran for. So I think he will split the black vote with Ghana, but labor is going to be with Lamont, which is kind of bizarre, but it's going to be. And labor really does determine these primaries to some extent. We're going to see because I honestly believe that. Ganem has a good grassroots uh, operation going. People, you think look, he has a strong campaign when I, team? When I talk the people, to people he's hired the, to run that campaign, you think have any kind of track record no, in winning a single election? No, but what that's I got, why I was surprised. <laughs> no, no, but, we don't want to be mean I was here. Like, I thought he wanted to win. Yeah, we're <laughs> not going to be we're not going to be mean here. But Joe, it really but contradicts what, what you're saying. No, no, this is what I'm saying. When I talk to people, you, you talk to I had hopes for him the, when he had a different campaign. Crew, but yeah. this crew. But you know who why he doesn't have that crew? Just to be fair to him, not the same one. The state for mayor. This no, not the same crew at all as mayor. Oh, not that crew. So, so here's the oh. thing, Babs. People who run but the party, Joe, and Joe, the people who run the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. are scared to death mm-hmm. that Joe Gannon be the nominee. You know why? I know why. But you know why? It's not it has nothing to do with control. It has mm-hmm. to do with the fact that there is no way that suburbanites and independent voters, who are the largest block of voters in the state, over eight hundred thousand. There's no way that a single one of them will ever vote in a general election for the Bridgeport mayor who went to jail on corruption. It just ain't going to happen. I don't think so. So the Democrats could not get more than 25% of the vote if he's the candidate. That's the same noise that we were hearing in 2016 that suburban white women are not going to vote for Trump. What happened? It's not just about women. Okay, No, but we were hearing that. We did see what happened. There were people who were saying... Certain people will not vote for him. But that, but Joe's and not they, even a right winger like Trump. But that's not the point. The point <laughs> is certain people were saying they were not going to vote. They, you know, that, that this group will not vote. We just can't. We, we well, can't Harry Dross is a suburban white woman who voted for Trump. <laughs> and where do you go on Ganem? I'm with Joe. I like Ganem. That's going to scare Joe off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell actually, us more, I, Harry. Actually, I'm ready to sit on the porch with you with a beer. And let's talk about it. No, but for real, for real I, I, I suggest a shame. I lean, <laughs> I lean more towards Ganem than Lamont. And, exactly. and, and you were, and you were hitting the, the Lamont family like they're criminals. But let's remember the Kennedys. Ted Kennedy killed the woman, left her to drown, and he still became a, you know, a great re- senator. A revered. A revered. What, what was he? The bear or the lion? The lion of the Senate. But so come on, let's you know, not I let's got, not throw families under the bus. So Harry, like <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry, we're talking Harry. about a Wall Street family. Harry, Harry, though, what Harry, different? can I ask Harry a question? So, who among the Republicans do you like? Uh, no, no, no. The Danbury, uh, Mark Bowden, I like him, but his health mm. is the question. Is but, that the guy who fainted? Yeah. No, yeah. and he's also the guy who's like really friendly, smiley, who kicked all the immigrants out of his city and went on Fox News and everything as someone who like on the early edge of the Trump anti-immigration. Oh, no, no. That's why he Harry likes him. Yeah. And, and that's what's going to stop he, him. He allowed the police to be ICE agents, right? <laughs> what's his that? police force. Oh, he let the police be yeah, he's ICE a big. Agent. Co- he's ICE a big agent. ICE agent. So that, oh, that's that, gonna, that's... All that is going to come back. Let me tell you something. Ganem is kind of, mark my word, put this, write it down, people. It's, it's being recorded. Joe Ganem <laughs> is going to be a shower and a strong shower, and he just might be your next governor. I, I can see it. 
Joe, I'm willing I to bet you. It. Now I think you're right that he's going to be a strong. Dollar. He's going to be a strong primary contender. Let's bet a dollar. I'm I'm we're not, we're not, he's going to be a strong primary contender. I agree for a whole bunch of reasons. It's, I think it's him versus Lamont. But I think in a general election, I think Joe Gannum has less of a chance of winning a general election than Bill Cosby of making another major motion picture. Ouch. <laughs> that stings, oh, but I'm gonna, I'll see you at that. At what's, what's the bet? See you in November. Rick, what's you the bet? I either see you in November or see you at the Oscars. So no. we got to get some rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. All right, we're going to remind Break people we are listening pennies. to, to, to the online gambling forum known as Pundit Friday and WNHH. We should have a poll. Doesn't Facebook have polls? We should do a poll. And what's your poll? What's your guess on what schools are going to close in New Haven? So we have a new we have Creed. A new, Creed is going to we close. have a new superintendent sorry, Carol Burke. Like on the one hand, I changed my mind on this. In this show, I said, "Boy, it's so unfair. They're bringing a new superintendent, and she's going to have to make this tough decision they wouldn't make for years. When right or wrong, it was the consensus they're going to have to cut schools because of our school budget problems. Not everyone agrees with that, but the people who make decisions on all sides do, and that's going to make a firestorm. People are going to hate you for it. But on the other hand, now I'm realizing that it's actually to Carol Burke's advantage, the new superintendent, to come in and make a tough decision." Because that kind of, and she's doing this in other ways too. She's showing she's in charge. She's not being a jerk. She's not being mean to anybody. She's not going around like a peacock saying, look at how big and bad that's I am. That's, that's, and that's but, also because it's but, just not her personality. So she's made right? it clear. You know, we're talking, she's, she's, she's moving pretty quickly because she has to because <laughs> the time frame with the budget. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, we're thinking about this, doing a thoughtful way, have people looking at a lot of people. But, you know, we're, we're heading that way. And people are going to be upset, but I think it's going to make her stronger. Now, some people, it's been an interesting question. They say because of, um, because of our, Sorry, of, of this incredibly <laughs> difficult budget situation with the Board of Ed, they feel like these smaller schools with 200 students or less. Like the, when you add up all the alternative schools like New Light and, and uh, New Horizons and Riverside, that's a total of 200. So we can't afford to have all separate buildings and administrations for these places. But yet, what surprised me this week when, when they came out public said we're definitely cutting, cutting schools. We're not going to say which ones yet. They said it's only going to save us $3 million because those kids still go to somewhere else, which we still need that $3 yeah. million. But, but what do you, and then I heard one person who works with youth say, you know, they're always talking about covering, cutting the alternative schools, and those are small schools for a reason. Mm -hmm. They are actually That's successful. True. I know Laurie, Con Laurie Conaway's done such an amazing yes, job at New Light. Yes, you know, working not, individually not with Light, the toughest uh, kids. Riverside. Well, I think they combined some of those. Too, yeah. They combined yeah, them. Yeah, he's they, doing they, both. They combined? Yeah, yeah. Or I think they're sharing a principal. So some people, he's the principal. So yeah. it's like, I think they're saying that, you know, these plays make a difference. Why are you always cutting there first? But then other people say, can you really have like a creed, which is a little different. They have the specialized sports medicine thing in this separate building. We've built all these buildings that are palaces. And then we rent some of these other spaces. Some of those older buildings that like West Rock Academy with the Writers Academy. Can we really afford to have so many schools, separate buildings, small ones, administrations at a time when we think we might have to lay off teachers and, uh, you know, we're cutting to the bone. Any, any thoughts on that? I feel like school funding is is such a, a, a just a trap. Like like the idea that you can close schools and it's only going to save three million dollars. Like that's in the grand scheme of how much money they need to right. find. It's right. like a drop in the bucket, right? But at the same time, like so, schools are always navigating the, the funding streams, right? Which mm -hmm. is you know your local tax contributions, your federal tax, like all these different grants and stuff that people are hired on, mm -hmm. and you don't let those people go because what if the program's working? What if the thing that you hired these people to do is working, but you mm -hmm. don't have any money to sustain it? And the federal government's like, "Whoops, I don't have any money for that. We're not sending you that money this year." So you revamp the program to get it funded under something else. So there's no stability in their funding. So like. There's always going to be funding problems for the school system. Can we bring Larry Conaway into one of the other buildings and still run his program within it? I don't know. I don't like, think so. I don't know. I like the, you know, Larry Conway does such a great job. With he it. does. Back to your $3 million point. Is that $3, three million a year is what we're looking at? So if, if we're looking at over five years, you're looking at $15 million. Does, is that That's exactly what they need to find for one? this year for one year. They're, for one they're, year? what they they're over budget on last year's budget and so like there's a total like 15 million they need and to then for next year too we're getting less state funding and just and it just keeps keeping happening. things the same you have greater you know increased you know, like even to maintain the status quo is impossible we need to legalize pot <laughs> <laughs> well come Seriously. on somebody so that everyone can and go what to school Colorado stone. has yeah. done is is earmark some of their pot yep. money Majority. for education and the pot itself so everyone can go to class stoned and kind of chill they're out. already stoned <laughs> So what do you think is so everyone agrees <laughs> Creed is first of the time. Casinos in um Connecticut. They you had earmarked all of that money to education. But that was, but was let's that recognize that money, money might 
start to do like this. It already, has. already, it already starts has. to yeah. like yeah. the casino money is already not as much money as it was in <laughs> early years. And now we're gonna give up two hundred seventy million dollars by letting um letting the inside players have this deal with MGM and undo one more Native American treaty that got even us that though money. MGM is looking out of at moving on from their place and was it Bridgeport? in Springfield actually and so yeah, and, and, and the tribes want to buy it so I can't keep up with them <laughs> can you keep up with the uh with the Yale police union so they've been really getting under Yale's skin which is I just I just want to thank them just for doing that so Yale so Yale welcomes all the people which, um who are residents that are under of skin of Yale <laughs> every year when Yale accepts all these people who try so hard to get in. Once they accept them, all of a sudden they said, now it was hard I to get in. It. Now we're begging you to come and don't go to like Harvard or Princeton Can instead. We? They bring them to campus for something called Bulldog Days. Yep. So the Yale Police Union hasn't had a contract for two years. So they pick it outside those events and hand out flyers saying, hey, New Haven's so dangerous, so you need us. So this week oh they gosh, had one of those so events. I'm, still, I'm mad at them over that though. Yeah, so, so, totally so President Salve. Didn't they just have a robbery? Somebody ran Well, that's what happened. So this week they were doing it outside a speech by Peter Salve. The president down. was giving a speech to all the new students and parents that they want to woo. Outside his police union, like 40 of them. And um, they give him this flyer saying, here's this terrible armed robbery that happened inside a dorm. And they gave detail after detail after detail, more than we put in a news story, just saying, isn't this scary? And, and the, so Yale freaks out on the demonstration before that. They actually snatched the flyers out of their hand and pushed people out of the way. This, that you know, is great rude. First Amendment. <laughs> so, so they both show the true colors. Yes. But what was interesting to me, folks, so I went to this and I interviewed the parents and the <laughs> kids awesome. who were getting these flyers. And I found that both Yale, this always happens, Yale and Labor both overreact to, to what they think they can accomplish with these people and what the threats are. Not a single person I talked to said, I would consider not coming. I, I might not come to Yale because this flyer. They said things like, and I, including the kids, not just the grownups. You know, there's crime everywhere that we don't think we know. There's some crime here. There's crime in other places, but uh, this doesn't scare me. And they even say, they all said to me, it was kind of all of them. You know, it must be a liberal crowd. Said, you know, we 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 hope the cops get a contract. I'm glad they're picketing. We like the First Amendment. Um, you know, and I, I one of them, one of them, your your best commenter was somebody who works on the campus of the University of Texas, Austin, who was like, I'm just trying to get them to not have open carry. Yeah, they say, yeah, they said every campus has has conflicts. Like we're trying to avoid this open carry. And then one student said to me, this makes me more likely come to Yale because I heard this is great kind of social action community here. And look, they're demonstrating, they're picketing. This can be fun. I can't come. So there's so on balance it might make people <laughs> a little more fun. to come, but it there wasn't a single attractive. person. Yeah, it was kind of funny. That's hilarious. Any it thoughts on these tactics? No, that's great. I thought, I mean, it was awesome. it, I thought their reactions were really. My great. favorite reaction was New Haven Police. They said, "Look at what they're look what they're complaining about. They want to have a fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy per, per cop rather than twenty five thousand in benefits, which is what every the other Ivy Leagues get." New Haven, we get only 15. What are they crying about? New Haven hasn't had a contract for a long time. They're negotiating. They're not doing it in public because I think there are a lot of ongoing sessions and I'm not getting the sense that it's acrimonious in New Haven. That's just... Yeah. But we hope the cops in New Haven get their contract. We need them. What's so interesting about the New Haven contract to me is that, you know, everyone's made at the cops because they can retire after only 20 years. The new cops after 25. So you're 45, 48, and you have a new career and you got a pension. What you don't remember is that um, you can't get Social Security if you get those pensions. And and it's not like even if you were making seventy thousand, you're not going to get seventy thousand a year. So I don't. And also, getting? and we did that because well, you get a percentage of that. So it's off the typical pension, oh, no, like no, thirty no. to forty, right. so which is fine, that. and that's good. They get health care, but but the new career offsets uh, some of that. Yeah, you're starting of that. off at thirty, and but the reason we gave the them the generous benefit is because we we were worried years ago that we can't attract cops. So mm -hmm. we said we want to have safe streets, and the only way we're going to have safe streets is if we can attract <laughs> cops. So we have to give them this good benefit. Now we're saying, <laughs> but she and now the suburbs still have better benefits. So they're looking. They actually read Cop of the Week in the suburbs in the Independent. I'm not lying, and they look for who are the good young cops, cops, and they steal okay, our we cops. Have to stop One guy series. had like three or four Cop of the Week in three years. He got stolen by Hamden because they uh, get better benefits and all that. That's why they need to but, pay for the for the training they have. But, but New Haven can't afford to pay what the suburbs do to get the best cops, and we can't afford even to give them the benefits we give them now. But we also feel we can't afford to lose them. So it's a very because we we just we have a budget problem. So. I've asked people, how do we get our way out of this? What Chief Campbell says is, in addition to trying to get them the best possible benefits of salary we could afford to give them, we got to play up what's better at being a copier. Because some people say, well, look. That's you know, my thinking. Well, yeah. you, have to, you have to, 
what, what? and the reality you is that the people who want to be police here exactly want right. to be police cops be here for a reason cop. they don't Quality go to the suburbs suburbs first because right. there's work to do here they're like I'm actually stopping bad guys right. like some people say, about that. some people say gee why wouldn't I want to be in the suburbs where I'm stopping just, bad guys but my life less is risk now people have done that for five to seven years in ours they're like oh I'm tired I could go in the suburbs and ride around in my nice and not get have my life wrist chill so what Campbell's saying is there going to be some people an unruly person home so Campbell's saying some people are going to want to go suburbs for those reasons so we want to aim for the people who are excited about the challenge of CSI and this kind of yes. community policing All stuff the high we do. level policing that stuff we, we do. do. Yeah. And we do do that. Although for... I worry that it attracts that an adventure seeker. But yeah. there's also kind yeah. of intellectual work that done that's very Absolutely. interesting that the cops do. And you can, you can, and we do pay for them to get advanced training to do SWAT work and, and uh, detective work. Some, yeah, okay. first of all, I think look at the qualifications in order for you to be a police officer. You don't have to have four years of the university. Mm-hmm. I really believe it needs to hurt in their pocket if they're going to leave us. If uh, we correct. are paying, correct. and first of all, how much does one year in college cost? Thirty-five, forty thousand, 40000 right? Mm-hmm. So you know what? At least. It, whatever it takes for us to train them, then that's what they need to pay us if they're thinking about leaving I us agree. before five years. But have, at least haven't we already pay established, though, that the, the suburbs are often, like if we're one going to charge them a penalty not necessarily for their education but if we charge them a penalty for leaving before a certain time the suburbs are like alright here's your money yeah the suburb well, pays for okay. it so so small I think on your end we need 40, to charge like 40, the suburbs that train like, I think there's a law that limits how much we can charge oh, and that's the problem okay that's the problem yeah because there, now it's a bargain the suburbs pay less than but if the they train the person the suburbs change that law yeah. the suburbs not only pay less than they would have had to train them they're also seeing who made the cut after a few years and turned out to be a good cop. And being like, hey. But let me ask. You said that when they retire and they're 40-something years old and they're looking to get into something else, chances are PI work, that type of, you know, or uh, security, or security on, on a level that could really change your life, require you to have that city experience. Yeah. You know, I know. So that's another advantage to come that, here. And that's so at the very basis, the last thing, the one thing message I think we should get through, no matter how we solve this, we really thank the cops for the work they do. Absolutely. And we never want them to have to worry about money or have them be the, the scapegoat for our budget problems. But well, we want to thank the good cops. Yep. Come on. This McDermott, Come on, Norma. What this McDermott, mm-hmm. the investigation that. that they're doing right now, mm-hmm. if you read his history. Yeah. In the Independent. In the Independent. Read his history. You know, he had a serious issues with Latinos. He did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing, once and, they're and, cops, and, how hard it is to get them out when they've had repeated... I mean, his history, I think Norman points out to their difficulty of weeding out cops who turn out not to be good. Exactly. And up to that point, um, we talked about, I think, a show or two ago about the young man who had a, looked right. like he had a history yeah, that... Right. So it made me think about the fact that black folk, black and brown folks come in contact with police officers earlier and tend to end up like have some type of like like an interaction that can escalate to being criminal and leaving you with a record which would flag you for wanting to join the police department. But biases being what they are, white people don't come into the same type of contact with police. So even if he had been a bad apple, mm-hmm. because if people pass the buck every time he did something wrong, wrong. he never... Right. His first year on the job, he Not attacked the tow... Not on the job. I'm talking about before I know. he ever I'm just saying, gets, first year on the job, I'm before he, he ever gets to wanting driver to physically a police yeah, officer. For trying to boot his car when he didn't pay his taxes. But like, even right. before that, like maybe he had a history of that and our kids are flagged in high school right, for behavior exactly. and types of things like that, right? Right. right. You're right. If you're, you're not flagged right. like that all your life and then you decide, I want to be a yeah. police officer, right. we don't know you're going to be a bad apple necessarily if you're white. Yeah. But we do so know our that it's always that the great well. way to end the week, which is talking about the news of the week with the Neither greatest pundit panel. About how they can make that part of the, the best question. pundit panel in the media universe here on WNHH. Thanks for joining us on Pundit Friday on Dateline New Haven. Thanks to Babs Rolls, Ivy, Marquisha Ricks, Harry Dross, Norma Rodriguez Reyes, and Mr. Joe Ugly. Who's coming up next? Who's coming up next with Harry Dross when the fireworks really start? Uh Rock'em, sock'em, punditry. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It'd Feel to Be Free from the group CD of Plea for Peace. Now we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight from Tweed, New Haven, or Bradley, or wherever's closest. Book your flight and fly free with us all weekend long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.